Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 13th of February, the 44th day of 2023, with 321 days of opportunity ahead of us on our way to 2024. We're almost halfway through Black History Month. Tomorrow is St. Valentine's, writes poet James Shiler, continuing, Tomorrow I'll think about that. After the sun shines on yesterday's new-fallen snow, and I wish one could press snowflakes in a book like flowers. Heavenward tonight, our February moon is in its last quarter phase and about one to two hours after sunset. Look west for Jupiter, keeping company with Venus. Today in 1633, Italian astronomer Galileo Galilei was arrived in Rome to appear before the Holy Inquisition which put him on trial for professing his belief that the earth revolved around the sun and not the other way around. Today in 1826, the American Temperance Society formed in Boston, Massachusetts. Today in 1866, Jesse James held up his first bank, stealing $15,000 from the Clay County Savings Association in Liberty, Missouri. Today in 1895, the moving picture projector was patented by Frenchman Louis Lumière, calling it his cinématographe. Today, in 1907, English suffragettes stormed the British Parliament and 60 women were arrested. Today, in 1917, Dutch exotic dancer Mata Hari was arrested in Paris on suspicion that she was a German spy. Today, in 1923, the first black pro basketball team, calling itself Renaissance, was organized. Today, in 1935, the first U.S. surgical operation for angina was performed in Cleveland. Today, in 1937, the comic strip Prince Valiant appeared for the first time. Today, in 1945, Allied airplanes began firebombing Dresden, Germany, where the resulting firestorm killed over 22,000 people, though U.S. infantryman Kurt Vonnegut survived to write about the event in his novel Slaughterhouse-Five. A week ago, the White House announced that our government will no longer be officially concerned about COVID as as an emergency come May. Basically, COVID has evolved into becoming another major concern that, though life-threatening and most definitely an emergency for more than a few, has for most gone into the realm of whatever. In other words, the transition from considering COVID a pandemic to passing it off as simply endemic is almost complete. Most of us know how useful euphemisms can be to diminish the anxiety and stress of thinking about how horrendous something is. We prefer to phrase it innocuously, assuaging ourselves by removing as much fear as possible, even when the fear is well-grounded. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control continue to list COVID as the number three cause of death in our country. Number one is heart disease. Number two is cancer. Number three is COVID. Number four are accidents, which makes things interesting. In 2022, 300,000 people died of COVID and 200,000 people died from accidents, any sort of accident. U.S. traffic accidents account for 46,000 of the total accident death toll. So here's a way to think about that. You're seven times more likely to die from COVID than you are to die in a traffic accident. Moreover, a data analysis from the Smith Heart Institute at Cedars-Sinai found that deaths from heart attacks have risen significantly during the pandemic. 
Meanwhile, as some people's health is falling to pieces, the New York Times recently comments, test positivity has begun to tick up in recent days. With the daily average of reported cases around 40,000, this past week, the average number of deaths due to COVID daily was 457, meaning at least 3,199 people died this past week from COVID in the U.S. Not a big number, perhaps, unless someone close to you has succumbed to COVID. Or perhaps think of it this way, every three minutes last week, someone died from COVID. Sound like the pandemic's over? Locally here in Orono, spring semester classes are now only in their fifth week, but my girlfriend and I have already received numerous emails from students who have been testing positive for COVID and in turn missing classes until they successfully test negative. Unfortunately, the University of Maine administration continues in 2023 to approach the question of COVID on campus ambivalently, stating in its official pronouncements that masks are welcome but required only at the individual professor's request. Therefore, many classes have enrollments that are totally unmasked and some have enrollments that are required to wear masks. Guess which ones contribute more to the increasingly transmissible variants COVID is gracing us with this year? To date, the country has had 104 million cumulative reported cases of COVID since the first reported cases, instances of the disease on January 24, 2020. Ultimately, the U.S. continues to be the world's leader in COVID, proving we are the most hospitable people to the virus, engendering 16% of the world's 673 million cases when we're only 4% of the world's population. One million of the world's 673 million reported cases were recorded this past week. Elsewhere on the planet, major industrialized nations continue to hold second through seventh places in cumulative numbers of infection, respectively India, France, Germany, Brazil, Japan, and South Korea. On the fatal front globally, current numbers of deaths due to COVID are officially at 6.9 million, while COVID deaths here in the United States, according to Johns Hopkins and other credible sources, are presently at 1.2 million. Worldwide, more than 13.3 billion doses of vaccine have been administered, but remember only 68% of all Americans are vaccinated, and only half of those vaccinated have had a minimum of one booster shot since. Today in 1919 in Bristol, Tennessee, Ernest Jennings Ford, better known as Tennessee Ernie Ford, was born. He first sang in public with his Methodist church choir. And biographer Ed Morrow tells us that after college, Ford went to work in his hometown as a $10 a week disc jockey, spending part of his pay on voice lessons at the Cincinnati Conservatory of Music until his studies were interrupted by World War II, in which Ford served as a bomber navigator in the Army Air Corps. After the war, Tennessee Ernie Ford began singing on Cliffy Stone's Hometown Jamboree radio show in Pasadena, California, where Stone was so impressed by Ford's mellow voice that he persuaded Capitol Records in 1948 to give Ford a contract, leading to his recording a number of hits including Mule Train, The Cry of the Wild Goose, and Shotgun Boogie. Ford also began making appearances on television programs, one of which led to a recurring role in I Love Lucy as Lucy's country cousin. Then, after his biggest hit, 16 Tons, which sold 20 million copies, Ford was given his own television show running from 1956 to 1961. 
Tennessee Ernie Ford's sign-off line, bless your pea-picking hearts, was corny but heartfelt, as he had not lost his religious beliefs. For even when he performed in Las Vegas, he always finished with a gospel song. Today is also the birthday in 1766 of British economist and demographer Thomas Malthus. In 1885 of outspoken U.S. First Lady Bess Truman. In the in 1910, of American physicist and Nobel Prize winner who helped invent the transistor, but also became known for his racist eugenics views, William Shockley. In 1918, of American golfer Patty Berg. In 1920, of American soprano Eileen Farrell. In 1923, of American test pilot who first flew faster than the speed of sound, Chuck Yeager. In 1930, of American pop vocalist Dottie McGuire. In 1932, of American actress Susan Oliver, in 1933 of American actress Kim Novak, in 1934 of American actor George Siegel, in 1938 of English actor Oliver Reed, in 1942 of American musician Peter Tork, in 1944 of American actress Stockard Channing, and in 1950 of English rock vocalist and composer Peter Gabriel. For more on Omain, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the ninth week of winter, to the seventh week of the new year, and to the fact that, officially, only a month of winter remains.